My name is Tim. I won't tell you my last name. None of us will ever tell you our last name, except for Jenna. If I tell you my last name, the Yerks could find me. Yerks probably aren't real. I'm reading a book that was written for middle schoolers. Welcome to Minds at Yerk. I'm Tim. My name is Alex. And I'm Megan. Hey, what's up, everybody? How are you this week? I was working very diligently and hard today, and then my phone wouldn't stop shaking as I got like 20 Han, 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 Han. had <laughs> <laughs> a moment of like, somebody has died yeah. as Tim read this book today, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there, there, were some, there were some moments in this book. I got, I got a little like, what is going on several <laughs> times today. From page one? Yeah, it didn't take long. <laughs> it didn't take long for this one. Alex, are you alive? Have you almost survived I this am, show? I am alive. I think I will have survived by the time this comes out. Good to know. Um... Work is driving me slowly crazy, but that notwithstanding, I'm pretty good. I've had a couple of days off. I've actually gotten a little bit of sleep. I am currently caught up on all my superhero shows and Riverdale and all of that. So, But you won't add a show to your repertoire for me. That <laughs> is <kidding>. correct. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I already have. It's called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This is very true. I will not force any more on you. At least let something end or get canceled first. Or decide you want another want to start another podcast. Oh no. Uh, she, she doesn't do this to me. She doesn't give me these little outs. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry, have you started evil? I went to Alex under the assumption that you had not and would not. Because I go, hey Tim, watch this, and five years later you're like, hey, so I watched the <laughs> show you recommended one time. <laughs> You know, okay, you know why? Because you wait till I'm two seasons into Veronica Mars, which by the way, I can't talk about because... Yeah, you can't spoil like, it for me. I know. Uh, Welcome so, to my uh, world, Tim. <laughs> I'm two seasons into Veronica Mars. Now all of a sudden she's like, oh wait, new show. We got it's this four one. episodes in. <laughs> oh, did either one of you watch Watchmen yet? Who watches The Watchmen? <laughs> I don't have HBO currently. I okay. also do not currently have HBO. Once a few episodes of It and His Dark Materials are out, I will... Get a subscription again and watch at least his dark materials. I got invited to a pre-screening of his dark materials, the first episode, and it sold out by the time I got the invite. Aw. It's very sad. That is sad. Also, hey Tim, follow-up question for you. How's uh, watching Fringe going? Oh. Okay, so I did watch three episodes, and then I don't remember what got in my way. But something stopped me. But I am going to go back to it. I am going to go back to it. I did begin it, and I am going to continue it. Uh, It was the fact that you wanted to be involved in this wonderful podcast that Alex also does called Rob Thomas. Not that Rob Thomas. Hey, I am not responsible for Tim's binging ahead of the podcast. (laughs) No, that is on the fact that the show is that fucking good. Yeah, it really is. I'm going to assume you mean the podcast. (laughs) The podcast is also amazing. Uh, Yes, I I could not live at one episode a week. (laughs) Like we did back in its original run in 2005. Yeah, no, that's just not who I am these days. <laughs> Here's my professional tip. Try watching each one two to three times. 
I have. All right. So I guess we'll do the recap. We read Megamorph 3, which was amazing. Yeah. Time for another summer blockbuster. Okay. And here is my recap. Doc comes back from the future to tell Marty that he has to go to the future. (laughs) Oh, no, wait. That's Back to the Future 2, which I said this book was, and it sort of was. So I'm going to give myself credit for a good prediction. Okay. Here's the real summary. Jake is a Nazi, and Cassie owns slaves, and Tobias loves Melissa. What? Uh, Then the drode shows up and says, Visser 4 messed with the Time Matrix. The drode offers to help them track down the Time Matrix, but at a cost of one of their lives. The gang ends up fighting knights in the 15th century. Visser 4 is here posing as an archer in a famous battle to try and take out the English king. He is thwarted and tries to escape to the Time Matrix. They jump to Washington crossing the Delaware and are ambushed by Hessian soldiers. Jake gets killed and then another time jump. They end up at the Battle of Trafalgar and chase Visser 4 pirate style around a ship. Rachel morphs a chimpanzee and is killed before Visser 4 escapes again. They leap to Princeton in 1934. Rachel is alive again, but no Jake. Visser 4 messed up. Einstein isn't here. Visser 4 starts a series of quick jumps to try and lose the Animorphs. They end up at Normandy and realize they really can't be killed when trying to get to the Time Matrix and Visser 4, who had been taken prisoner by the French and German army. Tobias takes out Hitler, who is apparently a nobody. Visser 4 is mortally wounded, he climbs out of his host, and Marco gives him a choice of how to die. Cassie questions the host, John Barrowman, and finds out about his parents. They go to San Francisco, and while arguing about putting things back, put things back. Jake is alive again, and Cassie kisses him on the cheek. And that was Megamorph 3, also Back to the Future 2. The exact same plot, right? We're done. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There, There were... Notable similarities between Visser 4 and Biff Tannen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I guess. Biff 3? <laughs> They're both white, I guess. <laughs> oh, they just both go and back in time to try and fix things for themselves. Yeah, well. End up ruining things. Maybe Visser 3 should have brought an almanac or a history book, at least. Visser 4. Visser 4. 4. Yep. That's the one. Visser 3 is really not in this book other than, like, to be laughed at because they're children. I mean, at least it's good to know that the Visser right under 3 is not <laughs> any smarter than him. I mean, maybe? No, he's definitely not. Why do you think he's not? I mean, he found the time matrix. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't understand causality at all. Yeah, but he had a whole lot less to do with the Animorphs than Visser 3 did. He had much less opportunity. I don't know if Yerks really have philosophy, or is that really, is that more physics? I, feel, I don't know. I feel like this Butterfly is... effect? <laughs> it's, it's quantum physics, but also just generally understanding narrative structure and maybe history. Yeah, I'm not 100% convinced that they have all that. So you just think Yerks are inherently bad time travelers? Yes. Well, they don't have a lot of experience with it. Do you think they're completely confounded by that movie about the time-traveling mailbox at the lake house? (laughs) God, that movie makes no sense to me. Wait. There's a movie about a time-traveling mailbox? Yes. You haven't seen this? It's called The Lake House with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. And they're like two or three years apart. I can't remember. And they put letters in the mailbox and it goes between time between the two of them and they fall in love. And then- they schedule to meet up, but he doesn't show up. Oh, wait, spoilers. But No, that's like 
the first 30 minutes. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know, actually. <laughs> I, that might have actually been a spoiler, but this is also at least a 10-year-old movie. It, it makes me think of Frequency. It sounds like Frequency, except the mailbox Frequency instead of a... also works. Yeah. And it is a little less romance and more family. Yeah, yeah. Also, man, Dennis Quaid, not someone we want to talk about today. Dennis Quaid? Or Randy Quaid? Oh, were you not on Twitter at all yesterday? No. Oh, Dennis Quaid is now engaged to someone younger than his son. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the danger whenever you send posts through Lake House mailboxes. <laughs> yep. But also, it brought a lot of great parent trap joke. That was the best part of Twitter yesterday. Oh, no. Like, even the woman who played the potential stepmom and parent trap got involved. Oh, said, really? Watch out for those twins. So great. So great. <laughs> Oh, that sounds fun. But I made a wonderful joke about it. It was like, man, his son is 27, also becoming a well-known actor. They look kind of similar. And they've both been in Meg Ryan. What more do you need? (laughs) Wow. Wow. It was great. (laughs) So this book was really good. Yes. Yeah. I could not put it down. So the first time you saw Melissa, did you think typo? Or what the fuck? Uh, no, actually the second one. Yeah, I didn't think it was a typo. I figured it was something, but I, I I, could not explain it when I read it. And then they started going into stuff and I was like, why is stuff all wrong? And then I got into loopy time stuff and I was like, oh man, I'm going to love this book. Why is stuff all <laughs> wrong? Like Jake being a junior Nazi and Cassie owning slaves? <laughs> yes, yes. Every, and then referring to uh, people as the primitives. Yes, yeah. it was... Everything was wrong. So much dialogue in this sounded like things Trump would tweet. Okay, so that was the first time that I... There was a line on the first few pages that I would not even be comfortable saying on this podcast that Jake says, and it completely caught me off guard. And Meg got a a holy shit (laughs) message from me as soon as I read it. Yeah, um, is this also the first book we figure out that Jake is Jewish? Yes. Well, they may have made slight reference to it earlier, or that may have been you making a reference to it when we were earlier in the podcast, but it definitely has not come up a lot. And it was actually Rachel, I think, who pointed it out, wasn't it? No. In um, this, it was Jake. Jake points it it out, and then Rachel later talks about how her dad is Jewish. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I got it. I just conflated those two. No, because Jake talks about how his dad is Jewish, but they're still POEs. Patriots of the Empire. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't remember exactly what that meant. I have it right yeah. in front of me. I would read the line, but then I'd have to stop to take a shower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you know which one it was that I was talking about. because it, it. I'm like, not even sure this was the one. There are a Jake couple a of rough of ones. Yeah. 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 There's a couple of rough ones, but there was one that like jumped off the page. Like I felt like Icky reading the book. One thing that never gets really brought up about this alternate timeline that I, I made a note of very quickly and was a little, like... Marco latches in very quickly on the fact that Jake is going to die, not to acknowledge the fact that his mom was still alive yeah. and not yurked, or maybe is yurked, but is not Visitor 1 in this timeline, because they're playing Pong. At this point, though, they have been through so much together, and I, I don't know. I don't know how you could just accept that that he would die, Yeah. regardless of anything else. But I like how he and Cassie were both like, we're not going to let that happen. Yes, yeah, so Marco Casey Casey Cassie Alliance is a lot of fun. So early on, uh, before we even get into there, while Tobias is explaining his whole deal, he gets into the sort of binomial nomenclature for humans and hawks. And then he says, what would the Latin name be for Andalites? <laughs> I feel like it would just be something like Andalite Andalite. 
or Andalitis, Andalitis, because Andalite's Greek roots, not Latin. Sort of like Canis, Canis is dog. I feel like Andalite would be both the genus and species. Yeah, I, I definitely think it wouldn't be very different than it is now. I feel no, like what... I feel like they would try to put it under like centaur or horses somehow <laughs> for like years and years and years and years. And maybe by now it's actually been fixed, but yeah. I mean, I feel like the most logical thing is when you break into like chordata and not chordata, adding an extraterrestrial, I think that's phylum. It's not kingdom. It's either phylum or family cordata's family great science i have zoned back out in life i think why do we need biology kingdom phylum class order genus species yeah i'm pretty sure remembering that are you family no there was a family in there too i think i missed that pretty sure cordata is family no i just remember that i'm impressed also that was a joke as to why we need oh no wait maybe it's biology is it kingdom family nope kingdom phylum i don't know I feel um, like I used to know an anagram for this. Yeah, there is one. King Philip something. Well, then that would be Kingdom King Phylum. Philip died drinking chocolate milk. What is that? <laughs> Kingdom <laughs> <What is> Phylum <laughs> class order family genus species. That's what it is. Oh. That's what it is. Anyway, I feel like there'd be like an extraterrestrial family or maybe even at the tier above that. And then Andalitis Andalitis would fall under that family. King Philip came over for grape soda. Someone died drinking chocolate milk, though. I don't remember which class that's from, but... Well, let's see what Google tells us. Okay, you keep saying Andalitis, Andalitis, and all I hear is Amadeus, Amadeus. I mean... Do you, could, do you remember that fa- the Falco song? Andalitis, Andalitis. Butros, Butros, golly. <laughs> <laughs> King Henry died drinking chocolate milk. Kilo, Hecto, Deca, Disa, Sinti, and Millie. It's King Henry, not King Philip. Uh, Ironic. Wasn't King Henry the king in this book? Yes, it is. One it's of them, one of at the least. King Henrys. I think it's number five. Yep, it is Henry V. <laughs> it's fun that I can remember the mnemonic and not necessarily <laughs> what the fuck it's for. <laughs> if I wrote it down, I probably would have eventually saw it, though. Yeah. I know King Henry died drinking chocolate milk. I don't know why. <laughs> I knew a king died drinking chocolate milk, but I couldn't remember what had two D's in the middle. Dear King Philip came over for a good soup. Oh, yes, yeah, D is for domain. Yeah. Andalitis, Andalitis. Now that that's stuck in my head. Rock right, me, rock so... me, rock me, Andalitis. <laughs> As a reminder, biology should be taught because if it's not, then we get things like flat earthers. So, biology is important both for Animorphs Podcast and for Sanity. Don't forget the fake bird people. <laughs> <laughs> Alex's comment was the the bourgeoisie. The bourgeoisie. Yeah, that made me laugh out loud. Um, I mean, I wasn't also going to mention the anti-vaxxers, but oh no, we can drag them to two episodes in a row. It's it's flu shot season. <laughs> Again, get your flu shot. Also, I'd like to point out for the record before I get yelled at for it, yes, I just completed Rock Me Amadeus and Rock Me Sex. Not completed, conflated. Rock Me Amadeus and Rock Me Sexy Jesus. That's fine. <laughs> Okay, we got a lot that goes on in this book. <laughs> Do we? Yes. Yes. We have people owning slaves. Yes. Cassie has a slave named September 12. What I do still love about this is that Cassie is still amazing. Like, she's not completely different at her core, even though it feels like Jake is. Yeah. And Tobias, man, I got a lot of feelings about Tobias after this book. But I also like that Melissa's not just a, like, Rachel stand-in. Like, she's not... 
No, she's a different character. Yeah, she's different. not like a psychopath also. No, yeah. and, no the detail yeah. we get is that she's super naive and actually believes Marco when he's being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, though. Uh, Cassie was, to me, the badass of the book. Although there was a lot of great moments in this, but the when she rides out as the horse into the middle of the fight in the, the English, the 15th century fight. I thought the hork demon riding the war horse was a little bit better. Oh, that was good, too. To the, I like the hork in the church, personally. But <laughs> yeah. to give to give Tim credit, that scene does give us the best line in the entire book. Birds don't ride bareback, Marco yells. <laughs> Very Which true. we know is false, because they have ridden that uh, uh, police car. Without a sound. Yes. So the drone has shown up. He's got a deal. Someone must die. Real quick, strike one on the predictions. <laughs> Did like, you think <laughs> that someone would really die? Uh, no. And then as soon as Jay got shot, I was like, man, he's going to come back. But this still counts as me being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, the drone shows up and I was in like two pages. I was like, man, I am terrible about this. <laughs> So uh, I've been, well, just finished rewatching Gravity Falls while I work. And okay. uh, I 100% do read the droid's voice in Bill Cipher's voice now. I was just waiting for him to throw in there somewhere, buy gold! <laughs> I am on episode two of Gravity Falls. Tim! I've been trying to squeeze it in. Hang up on this call right now and do not podcast no, do not. again until... Do not do that. Okay. No, I absolutely am going to try and burn through that. So I don't get your Bill Cipher reference yet. But you will. And I will. Laugh. Yes. Meg, have you watched Gravity Falls? I've watched some of it, yes. Okay. I need to sit down and go through all of it. When I finished Steven Universe, everybody was like, okay, now you need to watch Gravity Falls. Yes, I also need to finish Steven. Oh, Steven Universe is so good. So, so good. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting us off topic again. Someone out there will appreciate the idea of Bill Cipher and yes. the Drode. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lowly human controller. John Barrowman. Who used to be Visor 4, but lost the battle for Lyra. Fucking thanks, Animorphs. <laughs> and he is in the mind of John Barrowman, who apparently is not necessarily based on John Barrowman. But come on. I mean, I'm going to put it this way. We did ask Michael Grant, and Michael we, Grant- You refused. I asked. He follows you. He doesn't follow me. <laughs> Meg asked on our behalf. Meg, official representative to Michael Grant. <laughs> Meg, official Minds at York liaison. <laughs> there you go. She's like a field reporter now. Yes. <laughs> we are standing outside of the Grant Applegate house waiting for them to leave. I'm not entirely sure they're actually in the States right now. Uh, and he did respond when asked, was this character based on John Berriman? I don't think so, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I feel like those dot dot dots are important. And we all three came to the conclusion it was John Barrowman after reading it without talking to each other. Because yep. I posted on Twitter. Alex messaged me when he got to that part. And Tim told us right before we started that he also. Yeah. Like yeah. the minute I read it, head canon. Yeah. This or for John Barrowman. Yes. John Barrowman, who incidentally has played archers and Nazis in his career. <laughs> yes. Now, if you are listening to this and you don't know who John Barrowman is, that's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> Your life is about to be complete. You can yeah. either go and do several things. You can go watch his run on Doctor Who and then Torchwood, his run on Arrow, any of him singing or dancing or attending any con in mm -hmm. his TARDIS dress. I also really love his improvis improvisation, improvisation on Sharknado 3, if you ever get the chance to 
Google that. It is hilarious. I've had the personal joy of watching him mercilessly flirt with Buck Rogers while playing nice. match game with the Seventh Doctor. And, uh, oh, he was also on, oh, shit. We had the show briefly in America, but it was a British show. It'll come to me in a minute. But it was an episode with all of these Doctor Who characters. It was excellent. And he sings the Doctor Who theme. And it is wonderful. John Barrowman is a national treasure. Yes. Or you can watch him. There's an episode where he goes back and forth between his American and Scottish accent. It's also great. You can get the London recording of Anything Goes from, I believe, 1985 and enjoy him singing Cole he Porter. He was in the movie of The Producers. Yes, playing the lead Nazi soloist. Yes, he's wonderful. Follow him on social media. He's great. And this has been the Barrowcast. He also occasionally rolls down halls. There's like an entire con that was just videos of him rolling down hallways. Join us next time, fellow Barrow maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> Someone got me a CD of his recently and I was like, oh, I don't have a place to put CDs, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Aww. But yes, he was an actor in the 90s. Alex and I disagree on whether or not he was successful. Now, hold on. We don't disagree. <laughs> My point was in the popular cultural zeitgeist, the statement made that he was a not very successful actor could be argued if you only look at his film and TV work. I Fair. absolutely love it when you take those little jabs at Alex. And <laughs> <laughs> Not at you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because at this point, he had two credits, The Untouchables, and some sort of, like, TV soap soap opera with Mad Chinamic. Yeah. But he was very, very busy on the stage. Yes. Um, Yeah, I guess it was Doctor Who when he kind of became known. That's probably right. Yeah. I watched Torchwood before I ever watched his Doctor Who run, but I'm also weird, so. Also... Torchwood season three is one of the best things on TV. It'll rip your heart out. Enjoy. Also, he was born in 1967. Yes. This was another argument we had. I'm like, he's the right age. And Mike's like, no, he was too young. Oh, wait. 67 works. To be fair, they say he's in his mid-20s. An alien child guesses that he is in his mid-20s. I think it was a human that also said, I don't know. Someone says mid-20s. It was Axe. But then, yes, towards the end. It says 1967, which is the same year. Yeah, same year he was born. Also, they both have blue eyes. Which is, you know. Statistically improbable. I feel like there's more description of him. I'm going to have to find it at some point. I mean, they describe him as having a young face that's a little, like, rounded. Yeah. I mean, they get oddly specific. And it all works. Also, he's an actor. I don't know if we've said that part. Yes, we discussed if he was successful or not. All right, duh. So, back to the Jake in the High Castle. Yes. <laughs> where were we? I forget where we left off. Jake, douche, Cassie has slaves. We also learned that in this timeline, like, jerks are very close to taking over. Melissa like is very gullible. Tobias is kind of a jerk, and Marco is Marco, which is bad enough on any timeline. Tobias is, like, obsessed with Melissa, which makes his love for Rachel feel less, and it upsets me. See, I did not read it that way. Wait, hold on. You did not read it what way? That that Tobias was obsessed. I read it more as, well, Melissa's naive enough to, like, openly reciprocate more than Rachel will because Rachel begrudgingly won't because it's so against who she is to. To reciprocate his love? She totally does. No, to give in, to, 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 to totally let herself give him that he is, in fact, a bird. Oh, I, I totally have to side with Meg on this one. In fact, my- Yeah, Rachel goes flying with Tobias quite a bit. Yeah, but there's always, in every Rachel book recently, there has been the, 
if he would just turn human again. I think she just wants him safe and out of the war rather than just human. I don't know. We see what happens in this book when they both have lips. They smooch. I did think it was strange that that they created Melissa as somewhat of a love interest, or at least that's how I read it. Because I thought the same thing as Meg. I was like, I thought he was supposed to be like soulmates with Rachel. Yeah. And this does kind of... I just don't think it's a great healthy thing. I also think it's partly just kind of a throwaway setup thing that's not meant to be... I mean, to be fair, I also don't find Tobias and Rachel's love necessarily healthy. Yeah. But I think that's also product of war. It's just weird to be like, yeah, this love that he has for Rachel is just like... Stockholm Syndrome. Put on any female figure that's there. Yeah. But where is Rachel in this timeline? A re-education camp because she's too outspoken and needed to be taught her place. I fucking love that. Not that she's there, but that she hasn't changed. (laughs) I love how bad she is even as they're going through time about being told she needs to learn her place. Yep. So they don't get any time to, like, say goodbye to anybody. They are going through time now. Yep. Straight into Monty Python. It is just a flesh wound. Don't worry. Yeah, and this this part caught me off guard, too. They they explain it later in the book, but it was like, what? And I just thought it was my lack of history knowledge, but I was like, why is this so pivotal to where this Yark wants to be? Like, why did they choose this battle? So the first place they go is the Battle of Agincourt, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're like really cagey at first about naming where they are. They give a year, but not like a battle or a place or anything like that. So I, feeling very clever, take the year and reverse engineer knowing that there is a Shakespeare play set at this battle with a big riveting speech right before the battle. Figure it out. And then like 40 pages later, they're like, it's Ashenkor. Shakespeare wrote a play. (laughs) Anyway, now I will read you Henry V's speech. Oh, no. What's he that wishes so? My cousin, my cousin, Westmoreland? No, my fair cousin, if we are marked to die, we are enough to do our country loss. And if to live, the fewer men, the greater honor, of, the greater share of honor. God's will, I pray thee, wish not one man more. By Jove, I am not covetous for gold, nor care I who doth feed upon my cost. It yearns me not if when if men wear my if men my garments wear such outward things dwell not in my desires. But if it be a sin to covet honor, I am the most offending soul alive. No faith, my cause, wish not a man from England. God's peace, I would not lose so great an honor as one man more methinks would share. Someone's not gonna cut me off anywhere in this, really. Uh, You're gonna let uh, me keep going. I thought it was I just an excerpt. maybe just was not listening. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I really thought you were just gonna read a couple of lines and then be done. <laughs> I really expected someone to cut me off. That was only like a quarter of the way through. I can keep going. No, nope, you're good. You're good. It's okay. We will put a yerk in your head so that they can go back in time. Yes. <laughs> it is the. Uh, It is the speech from which the phrase Band of Brothers comes. Oh, very nice. What I really like about this, uh, it's a little long. They are in this battle longer than any other, I feel like, and it is long. Um, But it's not, like, for the most part, movies and such. You go back to medieval times. Okay, there is a Vanessa Hutchins Christmas movie coming to Netflix. It's about, like, a medieval time guy coming through time to the present day. And he looks fine. He looks like a normal human. He's not potmarked and, you know destroyed teeth and all this other stuff but they go in detail about that i mean the reason that they find visor four is because he's the only one not louse covered and pot marked and you know has teeth yeah 
also, how do we survive? I don't know. I just like, there's so many questions I have in the world. <laughs> and every time someone reminds me of the Middle Ages being so gross, I'm just like, how did we do this? I, I mean, it's limited barely. to the Middle Ages. Yeah, this whole book is about like basically how much how terrible we are. Well, also, we are awful. Yeah. I feel like I know the answer to this one, but am I the only one who thought of the 2003 Gerard Butler vehicle timeline during this portion of the book? I, I don't. am not familiar. I don't particularly care for Gerard Butler. This was a uh, movie from 2003, I believe, based on a Michael Crichton novel. I did read the Michael Crichton novel. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, was it Guy Pierce? Paul Walker, Francis O'Connor, Gerard Butler, Billy Conaway, or Connolly, David Thewlis, Anna Friel. There was a guy. There was another time travel movie around the same time that I liked more. That had guys. But I actually Pierce. liked this book. Um, anyway, all that time they were, like, in the muck and mud and, like, really gnarly, gross battle I was thinking of scenes from this book, or this movie. I, okay, I read the book and enjoyed it. I think I went from Animorphs probably to Michael Crichton. That feels about right. There's some Christopher Pike somewhere in the middle there. And I remember liking this book. I remember hating the movie, and I remember that... There was another time travel movie with, is his name Guy Pierce? Is that the actor's name? Yeah. There is. Guy Pierce is a person. I'm looking at his IMDb. Are you right thinking now. of Memento? No. That was not at the time machine? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. And at some point, he talks, I think he goes like super far into the future, maybe, or yes, like something. Yes. And then he's talking to a guy that I'm like, that's the voice of Scar. Oh. That's about all I actually remember. And was it Jeremy Irons? Listen, this movie came out. A long time ago, and I think Fair I enough. only saw it once with my mother. Well, Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough was in Timeline, and Neil McDonough also was in Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow, opposite John it Barrowman. It was Jeremy Irons, for the record. I have a recording of him as Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady. Anyways, this was part of the time where, like, there were a lot of movies coming out in twos. Yeah. Armageddon and Deep Impact, the illusionist and the prestige bring it on and bring it on too nope not the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) volcano and dante's peak that yep i like dante's peak where she's walking through acid rain or acid water (laughs) like it's it's painful but it's okay it's just a flesh wound (laughs) that's all i remember about dante's peak okay back on focus we're in the, the the 1400s in england and then some stuff happens. England is fighting France, I think, if I remember right. They are, because yes. that's actually, I mean, you can almost always guess that and be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty accurate. Shot an arrow into the air. It fell to earth through Tobias. Well, through Rachel. Yeah, the way this is Marco. set up where they start shooting, because I guess they shoot in the air hoping that it'll land on someone. I thought for the first, like, forever that they were just shooting at Tobias. I thought so, too. I was yeah. like, oh, so he's already figured out that they're Andalite Yeah, planets. that's exactly what I thought. Because I'm guessing birds probably looked different in the 1400s, or were smart enough to not be around. And realized. the French military definitely knew what Andalites were. Yeah. <laughs> just just figured out later that it was like, oh, he was just in the wrong place. So somehow <laughs> I guess I'm the one who knows, I, I credit Timeline, I guess somehow I'm the one who knows about 15th century battle tactics. Yeah. No, I mean, I vaguely understand it, but... 
this was my train of thought was like he saw the birds and went those are more modern birds hey we're gonna shoot the birds here's a reason why yeah and then that's why they were shooting birds i really had a the wrong idea of his effect on the the french army at this point (laughs) i thought that he was basically running it and so when he saw the birds he's like ah andalite filth and then i realized no man he's just an archer hanging out in the back i look forward to if these are modern birds Going a couple of decades into the future and seeing postmodern birds. <laughs> you know what? They're very ab- Fine. abstract. Fine. Those are the uh, birds are not real. <laughs> Those are the robot ones. Um, I do like the like slow motion release and Tobias grabs yeah. the arrow out of the air. And then, yeah, he just turns around and like slowly mouths and a light. Like, listen, bitch, <laughs> this is mine. And a lightus, and a lightus. There was a very quantum leap element about this, too. I wondered how long we'd make it before someone name dropped quantum leap. Yeah. I couldn't help it. Every time they jumped, I was like, is this one the leap home? <laughs> I was really disappointed, in fact, that we had already locked in that uh, uh, John Barrowman would be John Barryman because alternatively we could have had. Uh, Oh, Scott fuck. Bale? Scott Bakula. <laughs> that one. Wrong <laughs> Scott. I was about to ask, what was the word for penis bone again to get to his name? I like the idea of Scott Bayo being somebody in this now, too. No, he's a jerk. <laughs> Whatever. They're they're all jerks. Like, we would have no actors except for John Barrowman if we took out all the jerks. And look, here we are. <laughs> John Barrowman would play all the parts in this movie. I'm fine with that. Fantastic at it. I do like the axes like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> like, how are you around? This is so gross. And they're like, what were your ancestors like? He was like, Primitive, but they they had cleaning stuff by now. <laughs> Hygiene stuff. Uppity Andalites. I just want one of their leaps to be to the set of Happy Days now and the Fonz and Scott Bay are standing oh my God, there. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like com- completely thing. reshaped this book for me now that there's been a Scott Bay reference in it. There's not. <laughs> I don't know. I hear that uh, Joni loves Chachi in all timelines. <laughs> Oh, except that one where Joni loves Melissa. I'll go back to evil. It'll be great. Scott Bayo is the cryac. Anyways. (laughs) Scott Bayo could be Chapman for this one. How's that? We don't see him, but Tim, you'll know he's there. Oh, oh. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> what was Chapman's first name? Please tell me it was Charles. No, it was not. It was something with an H. Dang it. I really wanted Charles to be in charge. Hedrick. Hedrick. That's right. Anyways. <laughs> how many tapestries do you think the Hork Bajir and Axe would have ended up on if they had stayed in this timeline? Like, instead of a unicorn tapestry room, would we have an Axe tapestry room? I mean, how do you know we don't somewhere? That's fair. We might. They may have all like been burned at some point. Those were the tapestries that Indiana Jones was going to look at in the Last Crusade. There you go. The fire in the uh, the fire at Notre Dame was actually an elaborate cover up to hide. Oh no! The too soon. Andalite and Horkbashir tapestries. Also, in case you think I'm joking, there really is a room full of unicorn tapestries. Where? It's uh, a secret. At... <laughs> no, it's at uh, the cloisters in um, ups. Date or at City Manhattan. There's a Claire's there. In the cloisters? <laughs> no, I was kidding. 
Do you know what a cloister? <laughs> Never mind. Anyways, it's it's what shelter evolves into. Duh. <laughs> you guys get on topic. You two. That seems unlikely. This, uh, this episode's kind of becoming a cloister fuck. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on to George Washington. <laughs> Okay, I, so I had forgotten that that was the next jump, and as someone's like, the general's coming, in my head I go, here comes the general, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and so then it was George Washington. <laughs> it is, what did they call him? Daddy George. Oh, was that what it was? I thought it was something else. They called him the man a couple of times. There was something in here. I definitely yeah. messaged you about it. This it was something daddy. Book. It was daddy something, yeah. Daddy of the nation or something? Yeah. National daddy. That's what it was. Which sounds like a a great vehicle for a former pro wrestler. Um, I think so. So, can we cast George Washington for this movie? Yes. And it's Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Fine. Absolutely. Fine. National Treasure 3 (laughs) National Daddy's Home. I love the description of this scene, though, in that, like, you always, like, you do, you see paintings and stuff and he looks all like heroic and stuff and they were like no man it sucks out here it's horrible yeah yeah it was kind of nice to go into history realizing that i guess i really wanted a moment where he's like trying to break up an ice flow and just like stabs cassie in the blowhole yeah like why she went dolphin i mean i guess it makes sense yeah i mean she went dolphin not knowing she was gonna watch jake get a blowhole yeah (laughs) (laughs) that one was too soon that one was too soon Nah. That's hard, because, like... Man, that caught me off guard. Everything that they prepared for. Dying and Morph, the Yurk doing something, but a simple gunshot yeah. is what gets him in the end. Yeah. But He's it's, bad. like, really, like, real. Because, yeah. you know, you always watch those movies, and it's, like, the superhero guy running and jumping off of walls, and they're, like, shooting at him a ton, and nobody's hitting him. And this is, and... like, there's, an imp- there's a missing cone through Jake's head. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, that's not the end of it. Like, Marco's trying to hold on to this body. Yeah, and they're all, like, throwing it off. Yeah. It sounds And they're horrible. like, dead body overboard. Yeah, some of the Marco descriptions were like, I'm reading them and I was like, this is a kid's book. Like, the same thing with the D-Day stuff. It was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, the this D-Day stuff rough. was brutal because at that point it's like, well, we're invincible. So we just get to watch everyone around us die. Yeah. Yeah. And also, who are the good guys in this? Yeah, as a child, didn't find it that disturbingly bloody. I was just like, fuck yeah, Animorphs going through time. Fuck yeah, now they can't die. Reading this as an adult, I was like, good God, humans suck. I was not a history kid, so like most of the context of this book, right yeah, over my too. head. Yeah, I knew who George Washington was. Yeah, and I got like, that. The importance of that. Um, I feel like I knew what D-Day was. Maybe did Pearl Harbor come out near this time? I don't remember when that movie came out. Pearl Harbor, I think, was when we were in high school. How many mediocre movies from the early 2000s can we name dro- name check in this episode? No, I think Pearl Harbor was... Yeah, Pearl Harbor might have been from when I was in college, so that might be right. 2001. Um, so yeah, it wasn't as on screen as I was thinking. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I knew what World War II was, but I didn't understand what World War II was. Yeah. We knew what D-Day was when I was younger. Like, you, could, you couldn't have avoided that. Yeah, because you're an old man who's from, I like, am. the 50s. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> there was no way you, like, grew up on a Saturday afternoon watching TV and there wasn't at least one D-Day movie on. That's fair. Any of the World War II content I had gotten in school at this point was more focused on the Holocaust than it was yeah. on, like, 
military movement. Yeah. Slash. Say, like, in all honesty, mine was the exact opposite of that. Slash, I will always tune the fuck out in any history lecture about military movement. I could not be more bored than listening to battles and dates. Same. I don't know how many battles and dates. Um, we got a lot of battles and dates when I was in school. I don't know how much of it was directly World War II because it seemed like it was a lot more like local stuff. I mean, most of the battles and date stuff really was Civil War, but yeah, that might yeah, also yeah, yeah. be the region oh, God, we're yeah. from and its refusal to, uh, you know, fucking move on. Yeah. What I love studying World War II now, first of all, most historical fiction somehow ends up in World War II and I'm tired of that. Anybody listening that's an author. But I've been reading a lot about Codebreakers. And, like, the women's role in World War II. And that shit's fascinating. Like, yeah. all these women that everybody just thought were secretaries were not secretaries. And that's the stuff that's fun to learn about. Give me that kind of stuff. Like, espionage and yeah. not square-jawed cishet dudes. Yeah, like, I don't, I cannot, I don't care about battles. I've never Let me add one more description like, there. Not square-jawed cishet white dudes. There we go. There you go. Um, and then there was one book that I read that talked about, um... The American um, black um, troops and and like what they went through over in Europe and stuff like that. Like it's fascinating how much of World War II we don't learn in school. So, but we're still in George Washington. And how does Martha and- Washington feel about that? <laughs> Wow. Wow. Have you ever seen the memes of like George Washington and Martha Washington and she keeps trying to like adopt ghost children or something? No, but it's I want like this painting sitcom. Memes. It's paint it's like paintings and they've made them into memes. Can we I'll pitch this to Netflix? Oh probably. So George George ends up taking a bullet and then dying three days later. Yeah, that had to be brutal. Yeah. Yeah, normally you've gotta be President Garfield for that. Um, nice. Nice pull. Thank you. Um, Tim has tried to decide if I am making some kind of Garfield the Cat joke, or yeah. actually a history pull that... <laughs> I thought Garfield came much later. Garfield died from infection after being shot. He survived the bullet wound, but died a few days later. Oh, that's why. Okay, thank you. Um, but yeah, apparently this... Losing Washington causes the war to turn, and America does not exist we remain a colony which also i thought it was neat how all this led to like because you kept waiting for the civil war thing because it just seemed like it would generically happen or at least i did and then it didn't and it made sense narratively why it didn't i am so glad we did not have civil war scenes in this book i i think that also is kind of a good standpoint of like i don't know i i talked to enough people around here like we three were taught in the south and the civil war probably gets just as much time as like any other war if not more oh it got more for us especially like the battle of atlanta yeah it got more and it doesn't get taught like that in the rest of the country so i'm actually not surprised that it's there i'm all but i agree i'm also really glad it's not an axe kills an innocent human well innocent quote unquote yes axe murks a merc in this production in this movie will cast marky mark as axe who murks a merc Pirate time? Pirate time. Arr, I have asked. What I enjoy here is that Cassie's like, fuck you all. I'm, I'm going to go be a dolphin. <laughs> Darling, it's better. Down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Yep. Also, like my entire life, just throwing this out here, I've wanted to do that thing where you take a, a knife and you stab it in the sail and you ride that down, cutting the <laughs> sail all the way down. It's okay. Life. That's a bucket list for me. All right. I'm pretty sure they tested that on an episode of Mythbusters. It probably didn't well, work. Do you want to know the answer, or do you want to find out as you are checking things off your bucket list? 
spoiler alert, maybe save that one for last. <laughs> uh, somehow I've always just assumed that it wouldn't work, but it still just looks so neat that I want to do it. What was there it? Are... Jack- Jackie Chan did it in one of his movies, didn't he? What if the like sail is super thick, like so thick that it probably doesn't well, blow in the wind? I think you the fall problem... out, your knife yeah. slips out, and you fall to your death. That would yeah. that would have always been the concern for me. Is like, am I strong enough to hold the knife down? Because <laughs> I feel like I would just do this. Or you couldn't see that. Where no. like the knife goes up because I'm too fat to like. <laughs> For my own hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe if I were smaller, I could do this. Maybe if you had a scimitar. Maybe. Maybe. Something. Or maybe if you were a chimp. Yes. These are all things that aren't going to help me. Maybe if you were a chimp with a scimitar. (laughs) (laughs) There's another Netflix pitch. Come at me. I keep the good ideas for myself. Dude, and how messed up was it how Rachel died on the boat? She's like... She saw her body. Yeah, she was looking at her other half. I was like, oh, God. This is a children's (laughs) book series. I mean, I'm not saying Rachel's head is a little too big for her shoulders, but she does (laughs) look up to herself. (laughs) What's super weird? She died. Oh, I guess she doesn't remember it. Because it's like she has no psychological repercussions from that. Yeah. But I guess she also doesn't remember it now that I think about it. Yeah. Which is kind of good. Because like, man, that is not a nightmare you want to have on repeat. No. Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. I mean, Normandy will take care of the nightmare fodder for a while. Jake actually gets off easy in this book. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. What I do have a problem with, because I think last, was it last book that we discussed leadership? Yes. And I was like very much about how Tobias would be okay. I take it back with this book because man, the moment that Rachel's in, the reach that Rachel, who can take care of herself in almost fucking any situation, yes, she does get blown up, I get that. Yeah. But the moment that she's even slightly in danger, he loses his goddamn mind <laughs> and his mission becomes about saving Rachel instead of the actual fucking mission. And man, I was annoyed. See, I you know what's funny? I had the same thought about Rachel. I was like, man, I don't think she should be in charge because one thing happens and she's like, burn it all. (laughs) Burn it all to the ground. (laughs) I also would have been like, kill Jake's killer. In Tobias's defense, save the cheerleader, save the world. We can be heroes. I'm just going to say that I also read another Sean and Maguire short story that involved cheerleaders and it was the best thing I ever read. (sighs) I'm so inferior. Princeton with the best fucking, like, Everything. Princeton's the best part. It was. It was happy. Yeah. But it was also so narratively good that it's like they realize, like, wait, this guy doesn't have a clue what he's doing anymore. He has lost the thread. Things are actually changing. You want me to be white motherfucker? Okay, I'll show you white. (laughs) That was amazing. So he goes to Princeton to essentially try to kill Einstein, who has not left Eastern Europe because of Hitler's oppression starting. To move to America. Because clearly and America's so, not that much better at this point. Uh, yeah, no, because, Hit- yeah. Hitler yeah. wasn't oppressing things, apparently, either. Nope. So. Um, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that in a minute. But yeah, so they end up in Princeton, where it is very white, according to Tobias, and very clear-cut, like, his poor shaggy hair. It, like it was a Nazi training school. Yeah. That's no. What I, that's what I read it as. No, I just think that, like, that's how college was back then. Oh, okay. Like, you were in college, you... It wasn't like today where you roll out of bed and go in pajamas. It was... You were in nice clothes and... 
I read that up as as like a like a, a Jake and the High Castle finishing school for for boys. To be fair, 1930s America in this timeline, there still wouldn't have been a black person at that school. Also, as far as Princeton was white, 47% even now still, and it is the whitest Ivy. This is also like the fifth piece of media in No Choke the last week where when they have what or last two weeks that I have consumed where when someone has wanted to be like, let's name a really pretentious school that evil people might come from. They picked Princeton. I don't know if this is a thing, but it has been a weird recurring theme for the last two weeks. In all honesty, Davis didn't come from Princeton. He obviously came from the South. So because they said he, he had came a, from Alabama, yeah. they say it. And also, I love when when he when they called him Davis. I was like, oh God, Jefferson Davis. And then I thought the timeline. I was like, nope, nope, we're late for that. <laughs> but for that. he could be he could be a descendant. He absolutely oh, yeah. could. He absolutely could. I thought of that too. But that was the first way that I read it was. I was actually going to ask if anyone went to. Do we think he's related? Yeah, we do. Um, it, it is quite possible. So yeah, Cassie turns into a polar bear and like the guy's begging Tobias and Tobias is like, no, my dude. <laughs> and she's also just figured out that like her decision to go, you know, pout over Jake's death and, you know, be a dolphin resulted in Rachel dying in her mind, which would suck. Yeah. But I do really, really like the reaction. Like I was laughing. Whoa, Cassie, that is so Rachel, Marco said. <laughs> I recognize the voice immediately. He had come up behind us. And that was surprising enough. But then, really? Rachel said, what are you doing? Stealing my act? And I love it so much. Also, for some reason, in my memory, Marco also died on that boat. And so both of them were like a shock. But I guess it's not really... I don't know if he died on the boat or not. Because like, it blew up. Did he jump in time? I also liked her line as she's sort of justifying to the reader turning into a polar bear. I've been in three wars since breakfast. <laughs> I did like that too. And this is where we get Tobias kissing Rachel. Yes. She's been dead for milliseconds and he is so excited. And her reaction is just to be like, I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're arguing with her about it. They're like, oh, you're, you're dead. <laughs> I'm no. seriously not dead. And then acts, I am convinced that she is not dead. <laughs> you are not human. You are correct. I am an Andalite. So I guess the question is, did Einstein actually create the atomic bomb? The way they sort of make inference to it, you would think no. Yeah. When they ask about the the E equals MC squared, they're like, what is E equal? And they're like, I, I guess you're talking about energy. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, they, they make it sound like, no, it, it wasn't a thing. Like he hadn't taken the same path. Well, and we wouldn't have had the Manhattan Projects. We definitely didn't have the Manhattan Project. But was there another version of the Manhattan Project going on? The British did have experiments with nuclear weaponry, with atomic bombs. They leveled Christmas Island and put it below sea level. I meant more of, um, was Eastern Europe using Einstein in the same manner? Like, was it still going on in a different way? Wouldn't you have to think so? They were definitely doing the research. I don't know that Einstein would have cooperated with them. He barely cooperated with the U.S. He was very, very anti-development of the bomb. Yeah. More likely, he probably just at some point got killed. So then we have a bunch of time jump as they try to, Wizard 4 tries to lose them. Just a skip, a jump to the left and a hop to the right. Step to the left and a hop to the right. There we go. Basically a, a car chase through time. Yep. 
but what he didn't realize is they were like tied to him like a string yeah it sounded like i don't know how he expects that they're jumping it sounded like he was making a little bit of room but not quite what he thought he was doing all right so let's talk world war ii now i have already said about what i thought of the marco stuff being hard to read the x stuff was incredibly hard to read for me like probably because i could uh, in his position you could pretty well relate to it of like oh my god this is so terrible i'm just gonna lay here buried in the sand yeah you like know? fuck humans i yeah. am tired of fighting for them yeah humans are the worst he also learns about the holocaust and he's like yeah, we have occasional evil Andalites, but we don't fucking genocide them. Even the Yurks are not this bad, and if they knew, they would have just turned around. But also, the Yurks are this bad. I mean, they're killing each other. Yeah. They're killing the free Yurk movement. But I understand where they're coming from, and humans are kind of the worst, because this is... Every single jump is from battle to battle. Like, did we not have other important things in history? And even the Princeton jump is about the atomic bomb. Yeah. So it's like, that's really sad. X has that great line about how he's just getting amazingly tired of the people on this planet. I can't remember yeah. the exact line, but it was it was phenomenal. Me too, X. Don't worry. As yeah. Einstein once said, two things are infinite. The universe and human stupidity. And I'm not so sure about the universe. I tried to get that in my uh, yearbook in high school as my senior quote, and for some reason they wouldn't let me. Can't imagine why. Killjoys. They were killjoys. Yeah, I, I couldn't... You know, by the end of this, if you had to make an argument why humans need to be saved, it'd be pretty tough. It'd be pretty tough. I also like how he explains Rachel, like... That she occasionally burns very hot about things, but when she's truly upset and over something, it gets really cold. Like when she's talking about the Holocaust. Yeah. There was like no emotion in her voice yeah. when she was talking about it. But that's kind of a lot of people, right? Like yeah. when we talk about like things happening directly in the world today, it's a big deal when we talk about, you know, events such as the Holocaust. A history thing. Well, part of it's, I mean, part of it's just the way that, and this is in storytelling as much as history but it is much easier for a person connect to to connect to another person real or fictional than to a nameless group of people i was listening to the west wing weekly earlier talking about an episode where a nuclear reactor melts down and the point that eli addy who was the writer for that episode made was the reason that works is not because you have all this hand-wringing about people who might die if it explodes. It's because the president has to make the choice to sacrifice these two guys who go in to try to close the reactor. And it's just, it's a scale thing, and it's a personal consequence kind of thing. And I think that is definitely true in narrative, but I think it's true to some degree in just wrapping your head around history and in what goes on in the real world. So... I didn't write down which flag was flying at Princeton. It, it was not a real flag, or not a real world flag. It was the Union something Jack, like thought. it was something like what used to fly in Australia, where you have the Union Jack in a corner, and then just a colored field, and that colored field oh, represents okay. the Commonwealth or colony. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So we were still considered a British colony, even though Brit- Britain lost to France at the battle that we were at prior to this. Uh, yeah, I was trying there's... to figure out if we were considered French in this German-French alliance. No. Um, yeah, there... There's definitely something British about the flag. I know that. There was definitely a Union Jack on it. No listing, but there was a listing under Rebellion, comma, Colonial, when he was looking for what happened, when Tobias was looking for what happened in the Revolutionary War. 
No, I know that. But they go Revolutionary War to the Battle of Trafalgar. Thank you. But in Prince, this was, was Napoleon. In, this was in Princeton. This was after Trafalgar. I know. That's what I was trying to figure out. And by the time they end up in Princeton, they lost to Napoleon. I raised my eyes and saw the flag flying from a tall pole. It was pale blue with a small British Union Jack filling one corner. Big question of going to D-Day is figuring out that they don't know who's the good guys. Yes. Right. Which I absolutely adore that as a narrative point and as a narrative point that doesn't get resolved. You know, yeah. like I, I that that's the whole story to me. Because this could have just been a battle against everybody against Russia. Sure. Or Russia and a couple of alliances, because who fucking knows? Right, right. And that's in and of itself is scary. Um, yeah. It, who it, knows what with, Italy's doing if Italy exists? With the information that we're given, it's impossible to tell what, you know, what would cause it, what. We, all we know is what really the outcome would be if the French and the Germans win, at least for the Animorphs involved. I'm also, I mean, they don't even know if the Holocaust actually happened. Like, they're kind of being like, the Holocaust didn't happen because Hitler's not Hitler. But Hitler... Hitler was a figurehead of a movement. He was not right, right. The and, the movement in and of itself. And like I said, going back to the Jake in the High Castle and him talking about reporting Cassie, maybe to yeah. the SSS as it's called in this book. Like uh, clearly, something along those lines has happened. Yeah, you know, because they talk about if they want to, like after when they finally get the time matrix, they're like, do we want to figure out what this timeline is actually like? Right. Could, maybe it's less horrible. Which I also, again, talking about the way stuff unfolds in the story, I love the way that it, it, it ends with them debating about what to do while what they, you know, I guess should do or what half of them say they should do happens on its own. Which is some illamist bullshit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but it fits so great. Like, we, we have these great discussions about what's the right thing to do. And then no matter what you do in a case like that, either the Holocaust happens or it doesn't. And maybe something worse happens or uh, all these things. And yeah. it's just like, no, 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 here you go. This is what's going to happen. Nobody's going to, you know, have that on their conscience. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, the joke everybody makes is, you know, if you're going to time travel, you're going to go kill Hitler. And they do. And, and they, they do. do. Tobias can it's actually true. say that he has killed Hitler. But the thing is, we never know what worse could come sure you know if you change the timeline yeah yeah they only had one tv channel <laughs> <laughs> and it that was, was fox news <laughs> that was wasn't that the God. reason wasn't that the reason that marco says he's in for the whole thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like All we right. should just go see we got 50 channels let's go see what's on so uh i do want to ask alex how would you rate marco in this book was he was he normal marco trash was he better was he worse on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is normal Marco trash. Well, no, let's say 5 is normal Marco trash. Yeah, there you go. 1 is, fuck you, Marco. <laughs> 10 is, well, some ghost rider made him likable. <laughs> and Jesus. let's say 6 is mercifully not that present. I'm going to go with a 6. Okay, all right. Yeah, he does get the least amount of chapters, I think. Either he or Rachel does. Other than Or Axe. Jake. It's a very Cassie Tobias heavy book. Yeah. yeah. And his stuff wasn't very, you know, he wasn't giving people a hard time. He was yeah. pretty much yeah. getting a hard time the whole way. He, he had the goal of saving Jake. and Yeah. And you could tell it really broke him when he failed at that. By yeah. the way, that was a rough moment for him. There was definitely one fuck you Marco moment I had, but I don't remember where it was. So 
Only one is not bad. I was about to say, I'll call this book a win then, if there was only one. (laughs) I think this one's a victory. Yeah, I think this is a good representation that, like, underneath his defense mechanisms and trash, he is a very calculating and person and has things that he truly does care about. I will tell you what did disappoint me in this book, and that was Tobias not demonstrating the knowledge of military history I expected from him. Yeah. Maybe he only knows American military history? Yes, okay. Yeah, because I was about to say, he did have his moments. He was the one that could spot George Washington, and, and, you know, like, there were were things that, that still lend to your argument about him being an expert. Yeah. So let's say maybe he only really focuses in on American military history, at least, you know, so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. Did we talk about Rachel and the Grenades and how great that was? That was great. That was great. I I absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it. And then the idea of um, Axe flying across to pull the pin. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that it's not her pulling the pen. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm glad that yeah. they could work out the load bearing capa- load bearing <laughs> capacity of their two bird morphs. Um and I also appreciate that she's like, My father's Jewish. Fuck this war. I'm blowing up some Nazis. And also like I don't know if you remember, but before they became animorphs, Jake and Rachel weren't that close. Yeah. Like, they were kind of more like holiday cousin, not like, hey, we go to the same school, we should be friend cousin. And the fact that she takes Jake's death so hard mm-hmm. is kind of, I don't want to say nice, but it's its good to see that she's yeah. not like, well, I'm up. And again, we get cold calculating Cassie. Yes. Who has realized that they are not smart enough to put everything back in order to go back and fix it all. Cassie right now stands as the, I don't know how to correctly phrase this, but the the deepest character of the Animorphs to me. She and Marco understand humans and people, human nature, I guess, better than anybody else. But there's, there's such a vast difference between the Cassie that Cassie would like to be and the Cassie that Cassie has to be sometimes. Yes. And it seems to be the biggest difference amongst and all of them. Will it bite her in the ass? I don't know. That was rhetorical, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot more books to get through. <laughs> I do appreciate that Marco, when they're visiting the hippies, trying to find Barrowman's parents, and they're like, whoa, the colors. <laughs> like, go away. We're trying to fix the time continuum here. <laughs> that, like, that was a great Marco yeah, moment for me. That made me giggle. That was Damn kids, one. get off my lawn. <laughs> and there is a another great moment where, so the yurt fall, goes, leaves Barrowman's head. And they get to speak to the human. And that's where they find out that the reason why he went back to the 1400s is because all he kept doing was just like reading Henry V. <laughs> and over and over in his mind. But he tells them that they're heroes. Leave it to an actor to figure out how to drive a brain invading slug <laughs> slowly mad. Yes. Like, he calls them heroes. And I think if they ever needed to hear that after dealing with, what, four battles in one day? Yeah. Yeah. That's the fucking time. Yep. And then he sacrifices himself from ever have existing. Yes. Yeah. It's horrible, but it's also necessary. And then finally, I'm going to again say, Rachel was missing for milliseconds. <laughs> and Tobias full on kisses her. Jake died. Guys. Jake died. And Cassie's like, interrupted conversation, gives you a quick cheek kiss on the cheek and continues on and i'm just like cassie my dude despite despite last book being like i would like to kiss him more (laughs) yes it was a quick kiss on the cheek but we put it back we didn't make any i do like that the last line is we didn't make it right but we put it back and we'll leave it at that and i appreciate that the acknowledgement that shit's still not good 
Yeah. It's still not 20 year but that's it's not the Yerk's fault. Not the Yerk's fault. It's our own fault. Any new reviews or... No new ratings reviews. We do, however, have a, uh, not question, but comment submitted through our uh, form on our website. Oh, good. It is from listener Jesse. Oh, good. With the subject, and a light blood. <laughs> hey. <laughs> this makes me so happy. Thanking us for, uh... Answering the question, finally, about the color of Andalite blood. Uh, Jesse writes, As soon as I knew which book it was in, I was able to find it within seconds. The mystery of the color of Andalite blood had plagued me for years, but no longer. I'm thrilled you remembered my question from ages ago. We were also thrilled. Thank you, Jesse. We are glad we could eventually, much later than you'd hoped, help. You know what that moment was? That was the moment that John Barrowman called us heroes. That was... was Equal level for me. Yeah. Um, I did post on Twitter that we were reading it. And uh, if anybody had any thoughts, um, Dr. Sarah Decker said that she hasn't had time to read along, but she might make some exception because this has some quality medieval content. And she does host a podcast about medieval um, and pop culture. Um, and it's fantastic. And uh, I am sure once she finishes this book, we're going to get so many great comments. Um, we also got from Chris Beck that this is legit. Uh, their favorite Megamorphs. I agree. This is easily my favorite Megamorphs. This this <laughs> is in running for my favorite book in the series, but this is easily my favorite Megamorphs. The Megamorphs are so batshit. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> this is very good. All right, Alex, animal fact this week. This is from an article at National Geographic by Liz Langley. This could be the loudest bird on Earth. Oh, God. To woo females, male white bellbirds scream at volumes as loud as rock concerts, a new study says. Um, I'm sorry, no. but Tip's face is just so great. Oh, you just look so excited. I am excited. <laughs> I am going to Google the shit out of this. It's the white bellbird. White bellbird. It is native to the Amazon rainforest. It is an ivory white bird that tops that perches at the tops of dead trees in the montane forests of northern Brazil. Um, and do, 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 where did it go? Oh, continue reading. Its call is at least nine decibels louder than that of the piha, reaching volumes of 125 decibels, similar to what you'd hear standing next to the speakers at a rock concert. Oof. Let's see if this will pick up. No, don't you dare. <laughs> Three, two, one. That is a short scream. There is a louder two-tone call. Two, one. So they're a dial-up modem? Yes. <laughs> is that what I'm getting? Now, here is... Here is the line from this article that is what brought it to my attention. I have seen this retweeted a couple of times with the caption, Well, clearly you've never been a woman on the internet. What really surprised scientists is the males will blast their notes directly into a curious female's face. (laughs) So this bird is dudes on Twitter. (laughs) That's fair. I'm sure that Twitter will update their logo accordingly. I'm not sure there's a great way to monetize this, other than maybe just, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, you could totally, like, speaking of men on Twitter, we could set up a phone call where it's like, I need someone to go outside this dude's window. Here's the address. Oh, yes. I like this, actually. Yes. Let's do this. Does that bird have something in its mouth, or is that part of its mouth? I'm glad you asked. 
Uh, I really just assumed because of rock concert, it had some nifty jewelry. Yeah, it's got a it's got a face mullet. I believe that's a waddle of some sort that it extends. It's got a like a hefty nose piercing. I don't quite remember. Like I know the premises of Mega Morse Four. I don't know if I actually read it or not. Like I think I owned it because the cover's familiar enough. But. Yeah. But there you go. There is my animal trivia. I am with Meg on how we can monetize this. Yeah. All right. And uh, I will continue finding animals that can stand in as digital noises. I mean, I like this idea of like, we will pay you to turn into this animal to go annoy people. <laughs> I mean, it could cause hearing damage. So many. Yeah. And also, pick a time. You want him to do it at like 20 minutes before his alarm's going to go off? Yeah, I'm down. Every hour on the hour through the night. Yep. Okay. So we're going to go to the outro now. Oh, no. We do have something prior to that. One of these days. No. No, because I have this comment from K.A. Applegate. This is the book that made me swear off time travel. I was so confused at one point that I didn't know what was going on, but I got to play with some moral dilemmas, and I like challenging the reader that way. Now, you can take from that if she really never uses time travel again. I don't see how she she can avoid it. Like, even with the ghost-written books, it's got to come up again. I'm just saying, take with that what you will. Okay. I don't even know what next book is. The, the next book is called The Reunion. Okay. Now, Tim. Okay. Who or what is reunited? Okay. There's only a couple ways that I can see this one going. Okay. Thought about this Do they one feel from... so good is the question. <laughs> that was going to be my follow-up. Thank you. <laughs> I beat you to it. God damn it. Who's narrating? Uh, oh, shoot. What do we have? We just had a Cassie book. What book yes. number is this? Is this Marco book? This is number 30. So this is a Marco book. It is Marco book. Okay. Okay, well, hold on. Now, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> okay. Who did you... Okay, okay wait. So, Let's hear what you were thinking prior to knowing it was a Marco book. Okay, so I was trying to think. Uh, there were three ways that I thought that this could go. All right. One, and this is my, like, I don't think it this way. This is, like, 2% chance David comes back. Okay? Oh, interesting. But I, I'm, I'm convinced David's not going to come back. Okay? You're convinced he's not? Yeah. Yeah. There's, okay. We're not going to see David again. Okay. Uh... Option two, and I was about 49% on this one. Axe gets back to the Andalites. Ooh, interesting. Okay. We definitely haven't had that book either as the last Axe book. Yeah. But now that you've said it's a Marco book, and I hadn't thought about the fact that it's a Marco book, my other 49 was, we haven't seen Marco's mom in a while. That's a very good point. So, like, logically, I would think that it was going to be Marco's mom, but... Since I think it's going to be Marco's mom, that means that (laughs) Axe is probably going back to see the Andalites. Now, Tim, are you... I think you're pretty safe. Are you only pivoting on this one so you can actually be wrong? Wait, no. No, I really thought that if I... Every time that I sink my teeth into something, it is wrong, except for Back to the Future 2, which I feel like I nailed. Only they never went to the future, which is what happens in Back to the Future 2. If you had said Back to the Future or Back to the Future 3, I'd have given it to you. I will not give you Back to the Future 2. No, but hold on. It it depends on how you spend the summary of Back to the Future 2. They go to the future. It's the only Back to the Future movie in which they actually go to the fucking future. Yeah, at the beginning of it. But then they have to go back to the past because an evil entity has monkeyed with the past. Oh my god, you two. So, I'm just saying, evil entity monkeyed with the past. There we go. Same same story. No, different story. There was no <laughs> almanac. There was No, there was a time matrix. The There was a DeLorean in all three of them. <laughs> 
But it played both roles, the Time Matrix did. A flux capacitor? No, the Time Matrix did not make him rich or good at manipulating what? the past. It made him better than Visser 3? Shut up, was, both okay. of you, stop. What happened to the Time Matrix? Is it still now in the abandoned? Yes. Plot? Yes, yes, it is back where it was. They put that thing back where it came from, so help me. Well, I don't think they put it back. I think it went back. I think it went back because he didn't exist, but right. like, the fuck are they going to do with it? They don't know where it was. This is also true. Elfanger knew and he couldn't get no, to it. And he's Axe, not there's telling. A, no, 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 no. There was a point that Axe was talking about that he didn't think it was a coincidence where he died. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. He thinks that. I don't know. But I'm, I'm that thing's under a building. At no point are they like, hmm, we should probably find that because we don't know if he fucking told another Yerk about it or something. Well, that's well, a, they're it, dumb kids. Yeah, and it, I know it's going to have to come up again. Like their I say, leader I, is Jake. Jake is such a good leader. Don't even start that. It's probably but he's David very that comes dumb. Back, isn't it? It, David comes back. It's my 2% one, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you're still talking about the reunion? Yeah. Now, Tim, I'm... Tim, I'm not saying that it's not a coincidence that David and Drode both have two Ds, two vowels, <laughs> and another consonant, but I'm not <laughs> saying it's not. <laughs> All right. What? X, X and the Andalites. X goes home. Or something. Maybe the Andalites come to him. Okay. I love you dearly. <laughs> they are not going to have an axe goes home yeah. for a Marco book. Now, yeah, that's probably true. to be fair, we also never got the moment where Axe learned that he was Tobias's nephew, uncle. This is true. Uncle. So things could happen off screen. I just don't know who else would get reunited besides those. Because those are the only characters that I don't, unless it's something new that like, like somebody else has family that we didn't know about. I mean, you do have an entire colony of Hork-Bajir. That's true. And oh, maybe the Hork-Bajir go home. You do have also... That seems like it'd be a Tobias book. You also have a uh, former Andalite trapped in the body of Taxon who gets name-dropped in this book, who, who never shows up in here. Arboron? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, what if Arboron comes back? Oh, I would read that book. Arboron could... No, that would be an Axe book, wouldn't it? Why Arboron? would it be an Axe book? Axe That's doesn't true. know Arboron. That's true. He was Elfanger's guy. Yeah. All I'm saying is that if Axe goes home, it's going to be an Axe book. Yeah, Everything else, yes, up in the air. And how good totally would it be happen. if Marco had to, like, secretly keep a Taxon in his bathtub? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on. I, I like the Arboron thing. Hold on. If, if Arboron... Because what if Arboron is, like... I don't remember if he was cool at the end of that or if he was mad. Wait, Arboron died, didn't he? No. No. Yeah. The last that we saw him was when... He was going to leave the Texan Rebellion. was going back to his normal life, Uh or going back to being an Andalite, and he was on the Hork-Bajir world fighting. That's the last that we saw him. Arboron? Yes. I thought Arboron was stuck as a Texan. That's what I meant, Texan, sorry. Yeah, he was helping lead the Texan Rebellion, because he could communicate with the hive mind. So he could go back and hook up with Tobias, because since Tobias is like... Let's use a different word. No. Okay, sorry, sorry. (laughs) No. It's in the record. (laughs) It stays. <laughs> Tim, you may not cut that. <laughs> All right. Not what I meant, but okay. <sighs> Tobias, Rachel, and Arbron engage in an ethically mo- uh, non-monogamous relationship. Oh, goodness. I hate oh, you so much. Okay, we got to get out of here. We'd like to thank Christina Red Spinks for our show art. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email c.spinks.animator at gmail.com or visit Chaos Does Art on Instagram. Peep our social meets at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at Minds at Yerk at gmail.com. Website is Minds at Yerk.com. Spell Yerk Y E E R K still. If you like us, 
and want to help us out, rate review us on Apple Podcasts. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. Let us know if we aren't on your podcatcher of choice. You ready, Alex? I am ready. Somebody say when. When. Washington. All right. Okay. I've been Tim. My name has been Alex. And I'm Megan. And until then, we fight. And a lightus and a lightus. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>